Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the Steel Curtain editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you again on Thursday morning. Well, we didn't get a repeat this week. Last week, I was just so excited to be talking about an upcoming game. Um, did, you know, Just didn't think that was where the Steelers were going to be going into the weekend before. Honestly, I didn't think we'd be talking about a game this week. I was hopeful for it. I knew there was a chance, and I just thought maybe somehow this team could find some magic but boy, oh boy, they did not. Now, they kind of did a little bit, and then that same unit got blamed for a lot of stuff. But we're going to b- talk about that and, and break into it. But before we get into everything, I just want to remind everyone, Steeler Stat Geek, yeah, it's going to be here every Thursday. Y- even though it's not in season, if you're someone who just stumbled onto this throughout the season, guess what? It's here. It's this Thursday. It's next Thursday, following Thursday. Yeah, it's going to be here the whole time. That's right. The whole time. Um, you know, maybe if there's a week that I'm that I'm off grid or something, you know, maybe I'll have a special guest or something, but I don't even think that's going to happen. I don't think I've missed a stat geek since uh, this started on Thursday morning. So uh, ooh, we'll dive into some numbers, but I also want to remind you that nothing's going away. Let's Ride's going to be here. Live Mike's going to be here. Our noon lineup is going to be here. Maybe shift around a little bit. Um, our YouTube uh, and Facebook live shows are going to be here. BTSC podcasts still coming at you. So if you're disappointed that the Steelers are, are done playing for the 2021 season, guess what? 
There is a lot that you can do to, to be able to follow the Steelers as they head into 2022, and we'll have it all here for you. So these shows get a little bit different. If if you're new and you've only picked it up since the since the beginning of the year, obviously, you know, I would always re- recap the last game. I would move forward into the next game, talk about some various other things in there. Now, as we go into the offseason, and you're going to see this because we're going to start this in the second half here, I'm looking for you all. I can sit here and talk and dig up numbers all I want. But I don't know if they're interesting to you all or not. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, just give me whatever. Okay, sure. Sometimes I don't even know where to start or where to look. So what I look for is for you all to let me know what you would like. I want those questions. I want those those stat geeky questions, things that I might have to do a little bit to research. There might be things you ask that I can't find. That That's going to happen. I uh, apologize that there's just some, some certain things that there, unless I go in and chart every single play that the Steelers do since 1969, I would have no way to answer, depending on what it is. And if you want to ask a question that difficult, Fire away, but I'll just let you know that it's something that uh, unfortunately is beyond the, uh, the 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 realm of data that I can gather. But otherwise, you, you'll see the kind of stuff um, in the second half. So please reach out to me via email at stlrsuperfandad at gmail.com or even on Twitter at stlrsuperfandad. Uh, that's where you can find me to ask questions. But before we get into questions, because that's what we are going to do, we've got a TJ Watt question we're going to be answering in the second half. Yes, there was a game to talk about. So I'm not going, I'm not pulling a Mike Tomlin. I'm not coming into the very next thing and ignore the game that happened. Uh, It's not that he ignored the game. He just normally, Coach Tomlin gives a recap of the game before he goes into the next week. And he didn't do that at all. He just rolled into the offseason with his last press conference. And I kind of don't blame him. I understand where he's coming from. But... Um, just wanted to go over a few things uh, from this game. Now, a lot of times I'm highlighting some of the things that I already researched for my By the Numbers article. This time I, I have some more than just this, okay? Uh, but let, let's roll down some of these numbers. The Steelers, they finished plus one in turnover margin. They actually had two takeaways to to one turnover, um, but still came up way short. It was only the second time in 2021 where they had a positive turnover margin and were not victorious. The other one was their Thursday night loss in Minnesota. Uh, don't get me started on Thursday night games. Um, that's why I had chalked that up as a loss for a long time. Now, of course, the week that it came up, I was all, hey, I think they could win this because they weren't as beat up after Baltimore and everything. But they're, you're, they're, you're just at such a disadvantage. But there's other factors involved and factors in this game. Found a real interesting trend we're going to get to here shortly. Um, and this this was – the Steelers started off. I mean, I said I just wanted to watch them play some more. I was just so happy to get the chance to sit down and watch the Steelers play. Uh, I talked about this when I, w- when I summed up my, my last Coach Tomlin um, press conference on Tuesday that it, the goal is to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play football. As fans, that's what it's all about. And we get to do it so little. I mean, now we have 17 games in the regular season, but all you had was the 60 minutes plus in some of those cases when they had went to overtime um, to watch the Steelers each week. And then we got an extra week. And I'm like, 
yes, I just, I just want to enjoy the Steelers. And then I know there's always going to be people like, how could you enjoy watching that game? I'm sorry, but for the first quarter and a half, there, there was a reason to watch this game. The Steelers held the Chiefs scoreless in the first quarter. It was zero to zero. The Steelers put up the first score of the game on a defensive touchdown. It was from that point on, it started to fall apart. Even if it would have been 7-7 at half or even 14-7 at half, it still would have been there. It just kind of got just far enough out of reach there. Um, my goodness, the Steelers ran one play in the second half before there was two touchdowns. Uh, scored against them. You know, Chiefs got the kickoff for, you know, seven points. Steelers first play, fumble, lost another seven points. Boom. 14 points to one play to start the third quarter. Already being down 14 points when the quarter started. It was over at that point. So it was kind of a bummer that it played out that way, but you can't say that there wasn't at least part of this game that the Pittsburgh Steelers were in it and you thought, my goodness, maybe they could do something the way this defense is playing. Um, the Steelers, they started, and, and this is something I'm going to talk about the number five. I, I outlined this in my article and, you know, maybe I'll go ahead and dive into this now. Cause this is where I, I had some more to, to extrapolate onto this. And that is that the Steelers, they held the Chiefs scoreless for their first five possessions of the game. There was three punts and two takeaways. Now, one of those drives was only one play drive, but the Steelers themselves only had a one play drive as well, but still five drives that they held the Kansas City Chiefs scoreless. That had not happened all season. I didn't dive back past this season to find the last time the Kansas City Chiefs went five straight drives in a game and did not score any points. But it didn't happen this year. And that, and remember, the Kansas City Chiefs lost a game 27-3. to And as long as you're excluding, which is something that I did with, I'm going to tell you some other data, excluding drives that that consist only of kneel downs, if you don't count those, no other time in the season did the Kansas City Chiefs go five consecutive drives in a game without scoring points. And the Pittsburgh Steelers did that to start. They did that to start. And if I and if you're someone from Kansas City and you're um, stumbling across this podcast, like, oh, I just want to hear what kind of numbers they talk about after that game. This is what I'm going to say to you. You're welcome. The Pittsburgh Steelers say, you're welcome. because. The Chiefs came out pretty flat as well, if you think about it. Um, did they come out as flat, or was the Steelers' defense playing well? I don't know. Maybe they didn't come out flat. Maybe it was all on the defense. But I tell you this, if the Kansas City Chiefs go five drives without scoring points against someone like the likes of the Buffalo Bills, they're in trouble. So you're welcome that you got to do it against the Steelers and a team that didn't make you pay for it. Um, and that now maybe you're prepared as you go further into the postseason. Hmm, who knows? Maybe that made it better than a buy after all. Um, but when you look at these drives, I, I dove into something here um, about first half drives for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the number of drives, not on offense, but they defended during the season. All right. And. I excluded kneel downs. Like if the, if the team got the ball, whether it was one play, two plays or whatever, uh, it's very rare in the first half. It's more than one, one kneel down, because if you had more than that, you wouldn't take a knee anymore because it's the first half. But I excluded those. And I looked at the number of drives that, that the Pittsburgh Steelers saw in the first half of the game throughout the season. 
This was just regular season. I excluded the postseason, just regular season. Okay, the Steelers, they defended 87 drives in 17 games. 87 drives, 17 games. That's an average of 5.1 drives in the first half that they saw. The Steelers are used to seeing five, maybe six drives by their opponents in the first half on average. Then I dove into individual games. The Steelers only had one game all season in which the defense had to defend seven drives. One time, a team had seven drives against them. Then there were, let me come up here, one, two, there were four games in which the Steelers had to defend six drives. Everything else, five or less. I think one of them was, my goodness, who was it? It was, I think it was the Chargers. There was only three first half drives. Um, but, you know, they had long scoring drives, what the Steelers were doing. Anyway, so I, I looked that up and I'm like, the Steelers, you know, they, they held the Chiefs scoreless for five drives. And then the next number was they turn around and give up touchdowns on six straight drives. Ouch. Okay. Well, maybe they wouldn't have if they would have had a halftime break in there. Maybe, you know, if it would have been a closer game at halftime and, and, and things going forward of that nature. But let's look at how this goes. Because if you look at it, let's just look at the ones that were six. Well, first of all, the Kansas City Chiefs, they only had five drives in the first half against the Steelers when they played in week 16. So five drives. So think about that. If you go back to that game and say, hey, d- defense, you got to defend five drives in the first half, then we're going to regroup. Guess what? They would have had them shut out. That, that's, that's what it would have been. Um, and some of you are like, oh, who cares about the number of drives? I, to me, because it, it's every time the defense has to go back out on the field for a fresh start. That actually does mean something. Um, maybe not as much as what I'm making out to be, but I'm, j- I'm just laying out the numbers here for you. Of the ones that were that, that were, and I will tell you in Kansas City with those five drives, they put up 23 points. So that's something that's interesting. Of the teams that had six first half drives against the Steelers, um, it was the Cleveland Browns in week 17, and they had no points in them. You had Minnesota, they had 23 points. Buffalo, in week one, they had 10 points. And Chicago, um, in the first half of the season, who had three points. So even on those drives, with the exception of Minnesota, those those, um, teams that had six drives in the first half weren't putting up a ton of points. I mean, Buffalo and their their 10 first half points when the Steelers came back and won. Here's another thing. Out of those four, three of them, Minnesota, Buffalo, and Chicago, were all games and where the Steelers kicked off to start the game. So they started the game on defense. In other words, you would expect to have to defend maybe one more drive in the first half when the other team starts with the ball. But now let's look at the trend. The, out of those games that were that, that it was six, where they had six first half drives, the only one where the Steelers received the opening kickoff was against the Cleveland Browns in Week 17. The Steelers gave up six first half drives when they started with the ball. Now let's move to the team where the Steelers gave up seven first half drives. That was in Week 18 against the Baltimore Ravens. And the Steelers got the ball to start. 
Now, granted, they only gave up three points on those seven drives is what the Steelers did there. But if you look at that trend, that's that's not good to be giving up more and more first half drives. And you're even the team starting with the ball. Look at how it trended going into the postseason. It was it was six against Cleveland, seven against Baltimore, eight against Kansas City. It got worse, progressively worse. The offense was doing absolutely nothing to keep a hold of the ball, extend drives, and more importantly, put some friggin' points on the board. I mean, if Kansas City gifted you five, five drives in which they did not score, and you had the ball first. So even if you score, so you're looking at their five, you have six. And let's say that, now remember, the Steelers didn't have a drive in between two of them because it was a defensive score. They're only one on the season. You know, yes, they had a special team score in week one, but that was the only defensive touchdown that the Steelers had all season. So that's already gifting you seven points. Let's just say you score on half of them and you get, and, and, and you get touchdowns. That would be 21. Let's say this, the, the defense gives you one, gives you a touchdown. Let's say you only score on two of those other five and one's a touchdown and one's a field goal. That's at least 17 points in the first half. The Steelers had seven points in the first half all by the defense. Nothing by the offense. Unacceptable. You can't win NFL games that way, let alone playoff games that way. The Steelers, they did well to manage that. The two weeks before, when they only gave up three total points in the first half between Cleveland and Baltimore, despite it was 13 drives. Okay. So th- this was just something that I, w- I wanted to point out about, about the drives. So the Steelers, I mean, they should have been, even if they gave up six drives to Kansas City in the first half, it would have been seven to seven. Even if they gave up seven drives, it would have been 14 to seven. To me, there was two moments in the first half that really killed the Steelers. The first one was on the Chiefs' first scoring drive. They had got a couple first downs. They had a first down. They were at the Steelers' 40. They weren't in field goal range yet. They had a false start, so it was first and 15. And on first and 15, Patrick Mahomes scrambled for 23 yards down to the 22-yard line. The reason that was a big play is you could see the Steelers were in man coverage. Everyone was with their man. They ran everybody out into one side, and there was nobody for Mahomes to take off and stop him. I'd have to go back and look at it specifically more and more, but to me it felt like at that moment the Steelers stopped with their man coverage. More as being the predominant coverage they were doing on defense, and they went more zone. And notice what happened when they did. They gave up six straight touchdowns. Um, I, I, that's just my gut feeling. I don't, I haven't broken down the film on that. That's just the way that it felt from when I watched the game. And I will be honest with you. I did not rewatch the game because I didn't want to, um, there was a replay on and I started to watch it that very night because I wanted to see the TJ Watt touchdown again. And I fell asleep the commercial break right before it happened. I'm like, Oh, well, uh, because it was three in the morning anyway. Um, so I just wanted to lay that out about the drives, but I I didn't finish the other thing because the other part that I thought was a key moment in the game that it felt like the Steelers shifted their defensive philosophy because Mahomes ran on them one time. I mean, I'm sorry. You can't just do that one time and then change everything so it doesn't happen again. All you did was give up six touchdowns because you did that. So maybe I'm way off there. Someone, someone can correct me and that's all right. Um, I have no problem saying I'm wrong. The other moment that I thought was huge and really, really messed up the Steelers was 
went inside of two minutes. They gave up the touchdown. They get the ball back and they go three and out and give it right back to Kansas City to have time to score again before the half. You can't do that to your defense there. You can't uh, you can't put your defense in a situation against a, an offense that is that dynamic that they had already done so great stopping up you know up through the middle of the second quarter and say oh you just gave up a touchdown yeah let us turn right around and put you back on the field you, you can't do that you couldn't you can't make them have to defend an eighth drive of the half that even fourteen seven going into half wouldn't have been the worst thing the Steelers could have had you know they could have regrouped from that possibly. I mean, chances are they wouldn't have won the game, but I think it would have been a lot closer. But 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 you couldn't put put your team in that spot. So um, I, I I really got off on those numbers. I think I'm going to stop with that for the game. Um, I mean, the Steelers. I mean, 44 yards in the first half. I mean, they gave up 406 yards passing. It was only the I'm pretty sure the 12th time that the Steelers have, have surrendered 400 yard passing yards in a game. Um, the last time was against was against Detroit in 2017. The last time in the in the playoffs playoffs was against was that that was against Cleveland, I think. Yeah, in 2002. But in, in those in those games, they won. In most of the games where the Steelers give up 400 yards in the game, they win. Um, well, at least going back to um, to 2001, I think they are. They are ultimate. They're three and two going back to going back to 2000 um, in games where they surrender that much passing yards. Um, Then beyond that, it wasn't nearly as good. They lost a lot of those games. So maybe I I spoke too soon with that. But uh, that kind of ties a bow on this on this game. Um, Yeah. uh, I mean, the Steelers, they didn't even have an income. They didn't even force an incompletion in Kansas City in the second half. They were 12 for 12, 12 for 12. They had 196 passing yards in the second quarter alone. Ouch. Ouch. So, um, so that's that. I'm going to go ahead and take a break. Come back. Um, I'm, I'm going to tease a little something that might be coming on the website from some, from, um, one of our other podcasters. And I'm going to answer this TJ Watt question. So stick around. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of the Steelers Stat Geek podcast. Hope you enjoyed those commercials. Sometimes I say there's a commercial and there is one, there isn't one. I don't know. And trust, don't, don't hold. I have no say in what these commercials are. I think they're even different on different platforms, but my goodness, uh, some of them I'm like, I don't think we want those kind of commercials during our podcast, but uh, honestly, I don't have any say in that. So I'm sorry if it was something that you're like, yeah. Um, 
I want to bring up something. This was actually something that Jeffrey Benedict brought up. He put it out there um, to the BTSC staff in our Slack channel and um, and mentioned this. I said, can I throw that out there in StatGeek? I'm like, but I want Jeffrey to do something with this. And he said he's going to use it for, for an article. It kind of goes a little bit with what I was saying in the first half in the Steelers in the postseason. And this was, I'm just going to read it because I don't want to, I don't want to misquote him. Um, he says, I know a lot of people are blaming the offensive coordinator again uh, for end of year failures, but since 2017, the Steelers are the worst first half offense in the, in, in the NFL in playoff games. Dead last in scoring percentage, yards per drive, time per drive, turnover rate, defensive TDs allowed. And the Steelers' defense had the worst average starting field position. That's what's happened to the Steelers in the postseason since 2017. Yikes. Then he went on to say, but remember, 2017, he's like, that's three games, three different offensive coordinators. That's Todd Haley, Randy Feetner, and Matt Canada all with the same results said. And from 2013 to 2016, the story was very different. And he said, maybe it wasn't the offensive coordinator. That was what Jeffrey suggested. So if you want to know what he thinks that's from, you're going to have to make sure you turn it, tune into behind the sometime next week. He's going to make sure that he highlights that as an article. Um, Maybe even next week, I'll, I can let you know exactly what day it, w- it was in case you didn't get a chance to to catch it or it fell through the cracks. But make sure you are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So now, questions. This is what I'm looking for now at this point of the season. What do you want to know? What do you want to know from this past season? What do you want to know historically? What do you want to know going forward? What is it that you would like answered stats-wise uh, that, that you would like to throw at me? Make sure you, you know, I already said the first half, email stlrsuperfandad at gmail.com or on Twitter at stlrsuperfandad. So this came to me via Twitter. This is from Brian Haynes, also known as Captain Underpants in the live chat on our live shows on YouTube and Facebook Live. And this is what he said. He said, STLR Superfandad. That's me. Okay. He said, I know it's late for this week, but I had a question for you. It wasn't late. At all. This is perfect. He said, TJ Watt has 72 sacks in 77 games played, according to NFL.com. Considering his exponential growth, if he has a 15-year career, will he shatter every record, NFL and Steelers? Hashtag Nerds of Steel. That's right. I got to get back to using my hashtag Nerds of Steel. Make sure we got that going so we can get our questions there. Uh, If nothing else, you could use a hashtag Nerds of Steel on Twitter. Maybe I can find it that way. Um, I'm not the most technologically um, sound person, but I think I could manage that one. So here's what I did with TJ Watt. I didn't look at the number of games. I looked at seasons. This is what I did. First of all, let's review some records. The record for career. Now, we already know single season. It's 22 and a half sacks. Guess what? TJ Watt tied that this year. So we'll we'll see what happens. Okay. With with him and if he can get that record by himself moving forward. Uh, no, like, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Stay tuned. All those wonderful things. So. This is what I wanted to do is to make sure we know the records. Okay, first of all, the Steelers sack leaders, yeah, that one's going to fall very soon. That's James Harrison at 80.5. TJ Watt's already fifth at 72. The only people ahead of him are, now this is even going back and adding sacks later after the fact before they were an official statistic. So like this is this includes Elsie Greenwood with 78, Joe Green with 77.5. 
uh, when they went back and and figured out what their stats were. Jason Gilden was is at seventy seven. TJ Watts at seventy two. He's fifth. That means TJ Watt needs nine sacks next year, not even double digits, to move into first place for the Steelers. Nine. That's it. And everyone else has hundreds of games except for, you know, that's ahead of them. Um, you know, TJ Watt has 77. But I should also say that even though it's 166 games, sixth on the list right behind him, Cam Hayward was 68. Just something that uh, got to throw that out there with my love for Cam Hayward. So that record shouldn't be one that you have to worry about very much. The other one, that's career sacks and this is, let's see, they have, and this um, comes courtesy of Pro Football Reference. They have both the list of official leaders, because that had to be since 82, um, and unofficial leaders, where they went back and added them before that, which adds someone like Deacon Jones to be number three all time. All right. Officially or unofficially, the leader is Bruce Smith with exactly 200.0 sacks. Now, you have to realize something about Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith played 19 years in the NFL. That's why he racked up so many. His 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 biggest year was 19 sacks in 1990. Um, his lowest year was he had one and a half sacks in 91 when he only played in five games. So that was his career. He had other, you know, his his first year he didn't have he had six and a half, but then he had double digit sacks other than that 91 all the way up. Um, until his last year in Buffalo when he only had seven. Then he went and played four more years in Washington where he went 10, five, nine, and five. But that he's got the record at 200. Next is Reggie White with 198. Next, the unofficial would go Deacon Jones, but then the official would be Kevin Green with 160. So, you know, TJ Watt still has, still has some room to get there but he also has time to get there. So here's what I did. I went back and looked at TJ Watt's sacks in his career by season. And this is how it goes. A lot of you probably know this, but he had seven sacks as a rookie. Then he went 13, 14 and a half, 15, and then 22 and a half. So he had a big jump between one year and year, sorry, between year one and year two, and a big jump between year four and year five. From year two to year four, he only went up two sacks. So, you know, about a sack a year, but he went up every year. So that's what Brian was talking about when he's saying, you know, growing exponentially, meaning he is adding, he is increasing his number of sacks every year. This is what I did. I, I, I did this three different ways. Okay. First thing I did is I said, okay, 72 sacks in five years. If we just take his five year average, what would it take for TJ Watt to hit milestones? So the first thing I did is I said, okay, obviously, if he has 72 sacks in five years, he'd have 144 sacks in 10 years. Okay, that's kind of obvious. Then I said nine years. And the reason I said nine years is that's how long his current contract is with the Steelers. So I'm not saying he's not going to get another contract. I'm not going to say that things change. I'm just saying if he keeps the same average in his first five years over the next four TJ Watt would finish his Steelers career with 129.5 sacks, you know, crush their record. And, and that's where he would be. If TJ Watt spent 15 years, because I did 10 years, if he went 15 years, which is what Brian suggested, he would have 216 sacks, which would break the record. Now, the number I'm using here is the average that he did for his first five years, which is 14.4 sacks a year. All right. He's already beat that twice. So I'm just using that average. 
So the way I have it is that it would be in 14 years he would break the he would break the record at 201.5 if you just look at that average. So then I said, okay, what if he holds true? What if he doesn't get any more sacks than 22 and a half each season, but he gets 22 and a half every season? Now, is he really going to do that? No, but let's say he averages that. Okay. Let's say he gets 22 and a half sacks in a season. Uh, at nine years at the end of his Steelers contract, he would have 162 sacks. If he, if he played 10 years, it would be 184.5 sacks. If he played 15 years, he would have 297 sacks. Um, that would be almost 100 more than the current record if he played 15 years and he just kept on pace of 22 and a half in a season. And he would break the NFL record in, 11, in, in his 11th year when he would finish with 207 that year. Then I went ahead and took it next level, like Brian was saying. What if it continues to grow exponentially? I'm like, I don't know about making the jump like he did this year. I went to said, okay, let's look at the middle of his career. He went from 13 to 14 and a half to 15. Let's say the 13 to 15 in two years. Let's say he just increases his number of sacks one every year. So next year he would have 23 and a half. The following year he would have 24 and a half. The next year he'd have 25 and a half. He's gone up every year. I know eventually it's going to stop, but Brian asked the question, so I'm answering it. Okay. In nine years with the Steelers, he would have 172 sacks. And in 10 years in his career, he would have 199.5 sacks on average. That means he would be a half a sack away from the NFL uh, record by year 10. Uh, I didn't even go to 15 because it would have been, it would have been crazy. I just will tell you this. It would have been over 300. So it's kind of crazy. I don't know that TJ Watt can keep up this pace, but that was the question. So I looked at it. So that's what I did. And I, that's why I think even just looking at like the 14.4 average that he's had in his first five years, if he could keep that same average for another five years. And then another five years. That's pretty impressive that, you know, in, in 14 years, in, you know, by the, his 15th year, he would have the NFL record just by keeping his average number of sacks over the five years and then doing it every five years. Did it, you know, it would go 72, 144, and then up to the 216. So that's Steeler Stat Geek this week. Uh, I'll be coming back at you next Thursday. I, gee, I hope I have some more stats questions that I can look up and find some nerdy stuff for you all because that's the kind of stuff we get into. Sometimes you want to hear good news things. Sometimes you want to hear bad news things. You want to, oh, how bad was the Steelers? Whatever. Okay. Or how great was the Steelers? That That's fine too. Where did this stand historically? Where did it compare to other teams? anything like that. Make sure you reach out and do that. But um, I already gave you the lineup. You know that we're, that we're going to keep coming at you um, from behind the steel curtain. So uh, just make sure you continue to tune in. And like I always say, thanks for kicking out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.